Good morning, friends. How are you doing this a.m.? 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, early bird podcast sessions. Stefan Maia with you at itsouls.com. And we're going to look at a song lyric from Leonard Skinner. That's what we're doing in this session. From Leonard Skinner, man. Put on some Skinner songs called That Smell. That smell. Yeah, we had a lot of Skinner playing in my uh, past life. It was certainly... Uh, Skinner has a, a library of uh, hit songs, if you will, or songs that uh, us country boys love to listen to. And uh, that Southern rock was certainly uh, part of our experience as youth. Even over here, up north... All the way east among the heathen among us gentiles and uh appreciate your kind attention please stick around we're gonna open up the lyrics and we're gonna have a discussion about that also gonna give you a bit of background on the song itself and the band and uh we'll have ourselves our tuesday session if you look at the itinerary you'll see that we go live from monday to friday 8 a.m atlantic daylight time that's what it's been for a while now and probably we'll keep that going as long as uh the good lord allows us and um on tuesdays we analyze a lyric from the secular world out there any kind of song really and we just take a look at it look at it and have a discussion about that please consider uh subscribing to the channel following liking sharing giving a comment give a rumble all that kind of good stuff and also please consider supporting because the truth is um we can't produce this content if you do not support the content. So uh, we do hope and pray that uh, you'll consider that and you'll sign up to addedsouls.locals.com. It's free to sign up, but from there you can choose to uh, uh, support. No amount is too small, no amount is too big, and you'll get to interact and have exclusive content. So please consider going to addedsouls.locals.com. There's also donations through PayPal. Email address being addedsouls at gmail.com. You can send me an email if you'd like a hard address or have a conversation. You know, all that kind of good stuff is available to you if you'd like to get involved and partake in the uh, Added Souls ministry. All right, so um, Leonard Skinner, that smell. That's what we're talking about. Going to double check here real quick to make sure our stream is going. All right, should be. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so a bit of background on the song itself, and you can go to songfacts.com, That Smell by Leonard Skinner. This song is about Skinner guitarist Gary Rossington, who uh, bought a new car, a Ford Torino, got drunk, and crashed it into a tree. Then a house, obviously, afterwards. And uh, the band was supposed to start a tour in a few days, but had to postpone it because of Rossington's injuries. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll, man. That's what's going on, huh? Lead singer Ronnie Van Zant and guitarist Alan Collins wrote this song. Uh, they were not pleased with Rossington, whose drug and alcohol problems were affecting the band. The band fined Rossington $5,000 for holding up the tour. Skinner made an effort to stay sober on this tour, so drugs and alcohol were banned from the dressing rooms. Ronnie Van Zant, guitarist Steve Gaines, and backup singer Casey Gaines were killed 
in a plane crash a few days after Leonard Skinner's 1977 tour started. Very tragic. It was very sad to hear that. Some of the lyrics in the song uh, refer to death, by the way, and uh, the cover of the album, of course, which had just been released, showed the, ba uh, the band envel enveloped in flames. Sometimes it's just, you can get superstitious with stuff. Superstition is exactly that. It's superstition. But uh, I do believe in providence, both from good and evil. So evil utilizes providence to its agenda and good also. And sadly, it seems that uh, for whatever reasons, things matched up and kind of have this uh, prophetic, not true prophecy, obviously, but a, <laughs> a foretelling, perhaps, a forecast of sorts. There we go. Uh, of uh, the band's, or many of the members in the band's demise, and sadly, uh, a tragic end to these young men who loved their craft and uh, making music, and were very good at it, very dedicated at it, and they were very good at it, and that's why we have a lot of memorable songs. Tuesday's Gone, you know, <laughs> Tuesday's Gone with the Wind. Uh, oh man, if I start going, there, I mean, there's so many songs from Skinner that we just love to listen to. Uh, so yeah, um, and I, and I'm, and I'm even speaking of the songs that are not always played around the clock on the radio station. Like they've got good music. You know, we used to play, uh, several of their songs when I was in a band, uh, in my past life. And uh, we truly enjoyed playing Skinner, man. Skinner was just a very good band. A lot of memories, memory lane with Skinner songs, bringing me back to, again, Familiar faces, familiar places. So uh, this song, of course, um, features the famous whistle of Ronnie Van Zant. He learned to whistle very loud so he could uh, call the dogs when he went hunting. So there's a, the, the context of it, right? The, just, uh, the gist of the song. And we're going to look at the lyrics and open it up, of course, as we've been doing on Tuesdays, and uh, have ourselves a discussion about that. Leonard Skinner, that smell. Let me see here if I can put that up on the screen. There we go. My video feed at the bottom left. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree, you're in my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. That sounds about right. Whiskey bottles, hard liquor, and brand new cars. Luxury. Fame, money, money and alcohol, hard liquor. Um, you know, in my past life, obviously, liquor was a big thing. We lived in the bottle. And uh, hard liquor was an aggressor. Um, it was an aggressor. It was something that would agitate your actions into a more active and uh, perhaps violent at times way of thinking, way of acting, um, would have one bold in his steps, belligerent, obviously, loud, all that stuff, depending on the measurement of the liquor you're in ingesting. We're not talking about one shot at night to, you know, help your stomach medicinally or anything here. <laughs> We're talking about bottles, uh, you know, Southern Comfort, Seagrams, Captain Jack, uh, all of it, uh, me personally, 
I was in rye. I, I, I used to drink rye in seven, but before that it was a rum and coke. I did rum and coke for a while. Then rum and coke got old after a few years. So I, I went to rye and seven, you know, seven up and rye. And then after that, <clears throat> I went to vodka, vodka and clamato juice. My stomach, you see, after throughout the years was starting to tell me, hey, dude, hard liquors, uh, messing up your liver there and your stuff. <laughs> so, uh, and I chuckle, but, but by all means understand that I'm, I'm not at all amused, mocking or taking lightly the damage of alcohol. Uh, just thinking of how foolish we once were. Uh, Crown Royal, that was a good drink. Uh, Southern Comfort, obviously. Um, what else? Five Star, we had Five Star. What else did we used to drink? Uh, Jack Daniels. I was never a big Jack Daniels fan. I mean, I, I did drink Jack Daniels, but just wasn't my thing. Uh, we really loved 83 Seagram's. Not for any particular luxury of it all. It's just we drank that. But after a while, hard liquor just didn't do it for me. So, well, I had to kind of go into the... I, I, I loved vodka. <clears throat> At the end, vodka and Clamato juice. Uh, not a Bloody Mary of sorts, but just vodka and Clamato juice. And uh, we used to love drinking um, Grey Goose, which was an expensive, uh, expensive uh, liquor, uh, vodka. And it tasted right. And with that Clamato juice, it just hit the right, the right system, I suppose, of uh, what we were trying to achieve. Uh, and uh, a lot of beer. But what I was saying is hard liquor is an adjutant it, it, it'll it, it brings an aggression of sorts like you become more amped and hyper uh, beer has a more depressing value to it beer will just bloat but it'll get you that <clears throat> right kind of mellow if you will i use we used to drink beer like fish drink water you know it's it was just an beer i mean we, we we woke up with beer we went to bed with beer Beer, 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 beer. Uh, we worshipped at the altars of the beer gods, you know, all the time. Um, started with Budweiser, drank every kind of every kind of beer. Uh, but uh, Alexander Keats Light was good. Um, Bud was okay. You know, we drank so much Budweiser, we actually figured out what it meant. You know, you've drank a lot of Budweiser beer when you figured out what the words actually mean. You know. Because you deserve what every individual should enjoy regularly, Budweiser. So, uh, <clears throat> but that became like a syrup and we get sick all the time because again, your stomach, I mean, you <laughs> liquor is not good for you. Uh, so after a while, it was like, we, we discovered Bud Light. Oh, wow. Bud Light was the thing. And that became the staple drink of everyone in my entourage almost. Bud, Bud Light, and I had my Clamato, and my vodka and Clamato, Bud Light, <clears throat> and also Dr. McCallicallicallicallis, not the Fireball. We used to do the Fireball, but man, I got sick off Fireball once, and that was the end of it. Uh, then we switched over to um, Minchnap, Schnapps, the Minchnap. So we would have shaked iced Minchnap shots. We'd have vodka and clamato hard drinks and beer bud light and clamato this while we're all smoking marijuana as if we were rastafarians and snorting cocaine like if we lived somewheres 
in Colombia having a discussion with Pablo Escobar. Yes, I'm still alive. I don't know why. I don't know how that happened, but we're still alive. Oh, and popping pills like there's no tomorrow. I was never big on that, though. But a lot of my buddies, they certainly were. You know, ecstasy, speed, uh, what else? Uh, we used to do bennies, though. I used to take a lot of bennies. Bennies was a speed. Uh, we used to call it bennies because that's, for some reason, used to be the drug of the truckers. The truckers had this. We used to get them in pillowcases, you know, full of these bennies. I took too much one night at the club, and uh, that was the end of it for me. I never took any more after that. I was not a speed kind of guy. I did a lot of acid, LSD. We did that, magic mushrooms. Why am I off chasing this squirrel? Well, because of the mind of the individual, I understand with the lyric, you know, whiskey bottles and brand new cars, oak tree, you're in my way. <laughs> uh, we were um, we were highly intoxicated this one time, way, way long ago. And we were at some dive like this low-end, sleazy, you know, 10 by 10 location, which was a strip joint. And uh, in the middle of nowhere, it wasn't even in, in our territory. We could have gotten ourselves shot or stabbed or killed. But we were there, and uh, we were just, again, getting intoxicated very badly. And we were all smashed. But, you know, we didn't care about anything. We were young, dumb, and just waiting for death, it seemed. Ta taunting death, you know, uh, flirting with death all the time. And so I'm the one that had the shorter straw. Shorter straw has been pulled for, for me. And so I'm the driver. And it was late at night. It's raining. And we're going off to some party. And all my buddies are with me. And I just miss, I miss the intersection. And we go flying, you know, on the highway intersection ditch. And, you know, we're just flying and uh, we finally come to a screeching stop, you know, and uh, lo and behold, I couldn't even open my door because there was like a, a tree or a pole or something there. You know, we almost died. I have about 258 stories like that. But anyhow, everybody's getting out of the car and they're all like, what on earth, man? We almost died. And it's like, get out of the steering wheel. Somebody else has to try. And we did. We put somebody else there. Not better of any way but we, we made it to where we were going just a very crazy lifestyle i've had a great many stories like that nothing to brag about it's very sad very destructive lifestyle that's caused me a lot of scars that i will never be able to sleep normally for the rest of my life because of well that's kind of the engine driving the rock and roll genre and lifestyle. How do you think Leonard Skinner came to write these songs? How do you think they were able to have the wisdom to write these songs? How do you think they made these hit songs? How do you think all these recording artists who had a kind of mojo to the lyric and to the sound that they were making, to the dedication, to the making, they, they were making their bones. They were living the life. How else do you think you can write about stuff like that? I mean, how do you... Do you think Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes without the wisdom? Of course not. He had that wisdom. He learned it. That's why he spoke it. And it was not in a good way, by the way. It was kind of like a very uh, destructive way of life. Nihilistic way of life. Well, whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree, you're in my way. I'm high as a kite and I'm flying in this new uh, car, you know. Fame's growing, celebrity status is going to be achieved, you know, all that kind of stuff. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you. 
Yeah, you, you can't write this kind of stuff if you don't know this kind of stuff. The first time I heard this song, though, and I, we were listening to Skinner from 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 a long time ago, and we had the greatest hits and kind of you know getting all the good cuts in there. Um, but this song was not in the greatest hits that I had or the, the cassette we had or eight track, but um, it, it was um, the first time I heard it was when I watched the movie Blow with Johnny Depp based on true life events regarding a man named Boston George who was uh, into um, uh, import-export of hardcore narcotics, cocaine, mostly. He began his career, criminal career, with marijuana and then, of course, graduated to cocaine after a stint, uh, a bid in this, in jail. And uh, uh, anyways, it's a pretty powerful story and it's pretty accurate to the depiction of that lifestyle, I would say. I felt very connected to what it looks like, what it feels like, and the the, the destruction involved, the pleasure and the, the destruction involved. So in that kind of lifestyle, there's just too much coke and too much smoke. Dude, I've seen coke, man. I've seen mountains of coke. I've seen kilos upon kilos and upon kilos of coke. I had kilos and kilos of cocaine. I had it stashed everywhere. I had money stashed everywhere. I understand what's going on. These were the celebrity side of the thing. Like Skinner would have been the band that would have come to our courts, to my court, and would have just partied with us, you know, a customer of sorts. They were not into the distribu- distribution side like we were. We were um, part of, an, part of uh, a pyramid empire that is the greater corruption of this country goes all the way up, man. It goes all the way up. Judges, lawyers, police officers, you name it. But uh, yeah, Skinner would have been close to us as an entourage or party favors. You know, I played in a rock band and we had that kind of similar uh, aspect. You know, I obviously could provide all the fun that any, <laughs> any individual would want as far as drugs go. But uh, so, yeah, I understand the lyric very well. Whiskey bottles, brand new cars, oak tree are in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you. You'd walk into my court and you'd find that very hazy, smoke-filled environment with the very low dimmed lights, the music all around. You would have actually played this song and you're looking at some very uh, uh, mean-faced individuals. You would not feel comfortable if you were not fully removed of your uh, innocence. You'd have to have become very hard to walk into a location like that. Uh, Smoke-filled room, uh, certainly the biker element involved, some, um, of course, organized crime involved, um, and it would have been very intimidating for you to walk into that element. Um, It's something, again, that's slowly grown in you if you're born in a certain kind of atmosphere to that. But that's what you would have found. You would have found a lot of drugs there, hardcore narcotics, and it would not have been a thing. And if you would have, you know, it was just like breathing air. It's normal to us. It's not, you've become hardened to it. There's just too much coke, too much smoke. Absolutely. It's an extreme way of life, living fast. Fast money, fast women, fast drugs, straight to the grave, shooting star. Boom, straight to the grave. Look what's going on inside you. Oh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. You won't understand the smell. You really won't unless you've lived that life. Now, you can be trained 
to identify a smell. I mean, I live in a country where marijuana is legal, so I smell marijuana everywhere in the city. I don't have a great beef against marijuana. I think there's a great many useful uh, branches to marijuana. The hemp leaf and its medicinal uh, uh, agents and also the uh, utility of the tree itself. I mean, I'm not, it, it, it's gotten a bad rap purposely because of not good moral people, by the way, corrupt individuals who have made marijuana to be out some kind of big monster. It really isn't. Can it be? Well, of course it can be. I mean, you can go to the pharmacy and get legal drugs for prescription purposes to your health. Those same drugs you are taking legally from the pharmacy have been killing our kids in the streets, in the black market. You are aware of that, right? Opioids, Dilatas, Hydromorphones, Perks, Oxys, Fentanyl. So again, don't knock marijuana too quickly, especially us Christians, because we've been governed in such a way to think that, oh, marijuana, that's it, it's the end of the world, everyone's going to burn in hell because of grass. No. Can you? Yeah. Can it become a bad thing? Yeah. But again, you got to understand all the facets to it. You got to be balanced with it. But here what's going on ain't just a bunch of, ain't just smoking weed and let's get some pizzas and laugh and go to bed. I mean, cocaine is not the same as marijuana either, by the way. Marijuana is kind of like a psychoactive. It's um it's very different. It it its agency is very different upon your mind. Um cocaine is completely like on the other side of the chasm when it comes to drugs. Cocaine would fall more into the um, hypersense, the um, speed side of things. You're just very awake, very agitated, very um, social. You can't stop talking. You're very amped. You feel a sense of uh, power in which you can, you know, do and think of anything. There's no limits, you know. But it's not a psychoactive uh, or a uh, in the sense of uh, a hallucinogen or something where you feel like, oh, like LSD would be. Uh, stuff like that. So you've got fast liquor, whiskey. You've got fast cars. You've got yourself fast drugs and a bunch of smoke. There's a smell to that. I assure you, cocaine has a smell. <laughs> Oh, you know that smell if you've done cocaine. If you've been addicted to cocaine, you know the smell of cocaine. That fish scale smell. That very dry, open up that brick uh, smell. It, it's indistinguishable. It's, it's just... It's a very... It's a smell I can't, I'll never forget. Like, I know what it smells like. I'll just never forget it. I use the word indistinguishable. Let me see something here. I thought that word meant something. Let me check, though. I want to be sure. I'm going to check something. Uh, define indistinguishable. Distinguishable. That's a big word. Not able to identify as different or distinct. Okay, so it would be distinguishable. 
not indistinguishable, but distinguishable, I suppose. I'm, I didn't say that the right way. I said indistinguishable, but it is very distinguishable, clear enough to be recognized or identified as different or discernible. Yeah, it's very distinct, distinguishable, the smell. And uh, Skinner knew exactly what that smell was, of course. And they associate that smell with death. The smell of booze, brand new cars, coke, <laughs> cocaine, yayo, yayo. Smell that smell? The angel of darkness is upon you. That means death is around the corner. You can smell death, can't you? Well, it's death has workers. Its workers is, you know, messengers of darkness. Stuck a, stuck a needle in your arm. Okay, well now now we're going into the heroin side of things, aren't we? You got whiskey, you got coke, you got smoke. Now you're adding heroin. Uh, I've never done heroin. I've never done heroin. I've never sold heroin. It was not my market endeavor. It was not my thing. I just didn't like putting needles in me. I don't like needles. Have I seen people take heroin in front of my eyes? Yeah, of course. I've seen him do it. Uh, I was not into the heroin thing. I've never done heroin. And I've, ne I've never tried heroin. I didn't want to try the, that. I, I never wanted to try crack, cocaine, heroin, brown, brown, Mr. Brownstone. Uh, I, I, I never wanted to try um, crystal meth, uh, stuff like that. The extent of my abuse was... Um, uh, alcohol, cocaine, pretty much, uh, marijuana. So angel of darkness is upon you, stuck a needle in your arm. So take another toke, have a blow for your nose. One more drink, fool, will drown you. Yeah, pretty much. Go ahead. Go ahead and take some more. <laughs> Watch your heart explode. Pow. No, there's a few times I guarantee you I was crawling on the floor being like, here we go, my heart's going to explode. Looking in the mirror, you know, throwing some cold, icy water on my face, saying like, whoa, whoa, man, take a break, man, take a break. Your heart's gonna explode. Yeah, I didn't like those moments. Angel of darkness is upon you, stuck a needle in your arm. Death is the idea, and there's a smell to death. Oh, it has a, it has a wonderful, welcoming smell when you're just starting your path into this addictive lifestyle. But I assure you, give yourself a few years, few decades, uh, that smell turns to death. That's how it was for me. I was getting tired of it. It's, it was like a, a trap. It's a trap house. It's a trap. You're trapped. You, you, you hate it, but you love it. You love it, but you hate it. It's killing you. You're killing yourself. It's a very slow suicide. You know, suicide solution. But it, it, it's, you, you can't stop it, it seems. Like, I can't stop it. I love it. I want more. But it's, I'm growing tired of it. That smell, it's the same smell. <laughs> I understand this song so well. This, is, this song, of course, is not promoting it. This song is uh, a rebuke of sorts to their guitarist. And they were all on drugs. They're all doing this stuff. It's just, the idea is you don't do more. You don't... You don't allow it to destroy the band's purpose. Make music, make money. And if your drug intake, if you can't take, if you can't handle the, the the booze and the drugs and everything, the women, 
and you're messing up our money and you're messing up our music making, that's a problem. That's a problem. So again, one more drink fool will drown you pretty much. I mean, you're not very, it's, I mean, it's an accurate word. Fool is very foolish. There's nothing wise there. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. Oh yeah, I assure you it does. It most certainly does. Now they call you Prince Charming. Can't speak a word when you're full of lewds. They're slurring, you know. What are you on today? I'm on lewds. Now they call you Prince Charming. Oh, the bastion. <laughs> the bastion of, of fame and, you know, rock and roll. No, I can't even speak a word, man. Say you'll be all right come tomorrow, but tomorrow might not be here for you, buddy. Oh, don't worry about it, man. Hey, man, let's go to, man, let's, let's leave this party, dude. We've, we've had enough for the night. We got a show tomorrow. No, don't worry about me, man. You go, you guys go on ahead. You guys go on ahead. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be there, man. You think you will, but if you keep going at the rate you're going tonight and you stay at this party, man, I see this party, man. It's filled with demons. You're going to get it, dude. You might just die tonight. You might just die. River Phoenix, huh? River Phoenix. How many of these Hollywood celebrities, these actors died young? How many of these rock and roll individuals died young? I'll be there tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow might just not be there for you. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. Hey, you're a fool, you. Stick them needles in your arm. I know I've been there before. You know, it's not talking about an individual who is void of understanding the, the addiction. You know, Garcia, Grateful Dead kind of stuff. Those needles, man. I don't know. I just never... I had lines. I had boundaries. Some of my buddies never had. I did. I always had. I suppose that's why I had to be the boss. I'm the one who kept things in order because I wouldn't allow myself to go too far with it. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. We took it to the extreme, but heroin was just... And I'm not saying I'm better than another because I didn't do a heroin. But heroin was just not the path I was going to take. It was just something in me saying, no, nah, man, you've got enough, man. You're, you're doing enough damage to yourself. Heroin's not going to... Heroin's certainly going to kill you, you know. Can you die from cocaine overdose? Well, yeah. But though I've had moments where I knew I had taken too much and I'm like, uh-oh. Um, most of the time... My habit, daily habit, was about 40 to a gram, which is about 100 bucks. Uh, well, for me, it wasn't 100 bucks, but let's say, let's say to be okay, honest, I, I probably only had about $40 a day addiction when it came to cocaine. 40 to a gram, I suppose. Uh, on some party nights, obviously, where there's an outing, which is once a week, if not twice. Uh, then maybe the eight ball would come out, you know, that kind of stuff. But uh, I had buddies and I've seen individuals who had no end to it. They're just like, 
I'm looking at them saying, oh, we're going to have to make, we're going to have to dig a hole and drop this dead body later on. And, you know, this, <laughs> this dude's going to die. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't die, man. They wouldn't die. They wouldn't die. I saw this individual once. He came over and uh, this was just when I was starting. And uh, he was like, you know, give me a pack, you know, give me a, I think it was a gram. And I gave him a gram. And he just opens the pack and he takes it in one, like half of the gram in one nostril, the other half of the gram in the other nostril. And I'm like, dude, and I was telling him like, I'm not here to tell you what to do, man. You know, but you, I don't know, dude, that seems dangerous to me. Uh, that's even before I even tasted the stuff. I was selling this stuff before I even tasted the stuff. <laughs> sure enough, man, buddy turns purple, green, pale as a ghost and starts sweating, locks himself up in the washroom for like two hours. I'm like, you know, thinking dude's dead, finally comes out of there and says, that was a stupid idea. I said, you think so, buddy? I'm not selling baby powder here. <laughs> I'm selling stuff that comes from a different country that was smuggled in ways you don't even want to talk about. You understand? This is, <laughs> this is good stuff. Pure as the driven snow, you know. I can't feel my face kind of stuff. I feel my hair growing kind of stuff. So foolishness, yeah. A notion of foolishness was going on. One little problem uh, that confronts you. Got a monkey on your back. Just one more fix. Lord might do the trick. One hell of a price for you to get your kicks. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. Ooh, that smell. Can't you smell that smell? Ooh, that smell. The smell of death surrounds you. Yep, that's pretty much it, man. That's a pretty good description of uh, addiction there for you. And uh, this here individual in the band, of course, hard liquor, hard liquor, hard drugs, cocaine, heroin. It's a bad mix. You're going to die. You're just going to die. That's all there is to it. Like there's no, oh, well, I'm one of the, I'm Keith Richards. I've made it. I'm Ozzy Osbourne. I'm, I've made it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't go thinking the exception to the rule is a general application to everyone who goes down this path. I made it out alive. Guess what? A million didn't. Uh, so, drug, sex, drugs, and alcohol is not... It sounds real good on a song. It might entertain you. It might bring you some memories, but... It ain't the life, man. It really, really is not the life you're. <laughs> it's not what you. It's not what Hollywood would want you having thinking it is. All right, it's uh, it's death, and it never goes away. It always stays there. I'll always have to live with that in my life, and um, you know, it just is what it is. It's a, it's a mess. But you know, there, there it is. That's the lyric. Uh, that smell from Skinner. Uh, rock and tune, you know, they all, that, that Southern rock, man, they were just on it. And it, and it, it, man, a lot of memories there. A lot of, uh, a lot of some, some really good songs that they produced, um, memorable songs, you know, kind of also captivating the culture and, uh, the age, the era of it all, you know, I mean, it's, it, these records, uh, are what I call, uh, uh, shelf life records. They'll, they'll always, there's no expiration date to them. There will always be someone listening to some Skinner long after you and I have gone to the dirt. <clears throat> uh, 
but yeah, there's nothing good in that lifestyle. Um, the song speaks it quite accurately. Death, foolishness, death. That's it. Like that's the end result of hard liquor, f fast liquor, fast drugs, fast women, fast cars. It, 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 it death. That there's I don't like I. There's really no other way in start to, 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 to describe it other than death. Chaos, division, divorce, all of it, you know, just death, death, death. And sadly, that is the message of the world. That's what the, the world has to offer you and I, death. That's what it offered me for decades, and I indulged in it, thinking it was a good path. It wasn't. Uh, I thank God I'm alive. But <clears throat> that's all the world has to offer, death. Uh, that's why the message of Jesus Christ was attractive to me. I mean, I looked at all religious views, you know, uh, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, every kind of heathen or pagan way, uh, or even entertaining the uh, godless worldview. Um, all of it had death at the end. But the message of the Christ and the words I could read in the scriptures, in the gospels, spoke of life and to me that sounded very attractive here i am living in a life of death my existence is death but here's this man whom i do not know for some reason died for me two thousand years ago apparently and um, he wanted to extend to me the opportunity to have life and not die and i'm like well that sounds pretty good to me that sounds pretty good to me when you see enough death around you, life, life seems like a pretty good ticket. Yeah, let's 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 purchase life. How do I get life? How how do how do I how do I get life involved in, in here? It's like you're drowning in the middle of the ocean somewhere, and here comes a boat throwing you a life jacket. Oh, right, a burning house. Someone pulls you out. Oh, okay. There we go. You're choking. Someone. Uh, someone knows how to uh, 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 practice uh, a maneuver on you that releases the airway again to breathe. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, you know, you were in a bad place, and here's a message about someone wanting to take you to a good place. Life. To me, that's, I don't know. I don't know. I've not had any other um, convincing argument to sway me in any other direction other than Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. That's life. Eternal life. That's why my mission since June 26, 2011, has been trying to stick with life. Jesus Christ. And telling other people, hey, listen, you want to go to heaven with me? Jesus said he'd bring me to heaven. I can't do nothing. Like, it's all Jesus. Jesus is the one who bring you to heaven, but I'd like for you to come with me. I'd like to have you in heaven with me. It's not, it's, it's not complicated. It's very difficult in sacrifice because we have to kind of let go death. And, you know, it's warmer than you think under the wing of a dragon. It's a very dangerous place to be, but there's warmth there. There's comfort there. I know it's difficult to let death go. I know that. I st death still tempts me every day. Death's like, oh, come this way. Come on, you remember. And I'm like, oh, man. I, why do I miss death sometimes? 
And it's a hard one to let go. But, you know, life is much better. Life is much, much better. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Jesus said, if you just believe that I am the Son of God, if you believe in me, you'll do what I tell you to do because you'll love me. And if you do what I tell you to do, you'll have the forgiveness of sins. I'll add you to my church and you'll have eternal life there. You don't need to die twice. Once is enough. <laughs> I figured, yeah, with all the death going on, I don't, I don't want to die twice. Dying once is enough. So yeah, that sounds good to me. You, you tell me something better. You, you give me a better option in life. <laughs> okay, so that's what it was. Jesus Christ is life. We just read a song lyric that's about death and how death comes through the addictive pattern. And uh, Jesus Christ is life. John 3.16 kind of stuff, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe upon him should not perish but have eternal life. Everyone who heard that message did what they were told to do in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. They were added to the church. That's it. Very simple stuff. If you don't got a whole bunch of <clears throat> false religious views in your mind or something, but uh, yeah, anyhow, there you go. Hope you appreciate this session. Skinner, that smell, please share, comment, uh, rumble, like, subscribe, follow, all that kind of good stuff. And please consider supporting this kind of work. You can do so. Uh, the options are in the show notes. And, uh, you know, it really helps, uh, helps the work move forward. Lord willing, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Atlantic Daylight Time, we'll go through our uh, study. Keep going in our study of uh, the book of Genesis. Good stuff. Stay focused, stay positive, and uh, God bless.